So, in all this being said, is that does that like is those Brendan Fraser a Christ figure? <laughs> I think so. Is that what we're yeah. getting at? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> is that the name of this podcast episode? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's actually where I was trying to get the conversation. The ultimate though. Christ I, figure. I <laughs> Cigars kind of look like turds, I'll be honest. (laughs) These Catholic influencers that uh, Sarah follows, I think we talked about this, but one of them was like, what is your, you know, she was asked, like, what are your thoughts on vaping? She was like, vaping is so dumb. It looks like you're sucking on a flash drive. But her husband's like super, he's one of these guys. He's like into like smoking cigars and whiskey and drinking whiskey. Right. And I'm like, well, you could make the argument that your husband looks like he's sucking on a turd. Like, it's like if you really like if you really want to make, go there, we, we can go it's there. True. Do oh, I have anything man. against cigars? Absolutely not. Right. I, I like yeah, cigars. Yeah. I'm, you know, just on principle. Yeah, right. You're gonna make fun of vaping. Right. It looks like it a looks, hard drive. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that looks like shit. <laughs> what does a pipe look like? Hmm. <laughs> it's like a musical <laughs> instrument. <laughs> looks like you're playing a miniature tuba. <laughs> A pipe, <laughs> you know, the pipe looks like you're about to get schooled in Thomas Aquinas. Yes, you're about to oh. misspeak, and he's going to be like, "Summa contradictio," like prima pars. Oh, is all that staying in? All of it. Um, all right. Turd. Are we ready? Can we say turd? Yeah, we can say turd. Can we say turd? Cool. I feel like turd is probably one of the least offensive. <laughs> right. In my mind, that's like as bad as. F- <laughs> Yeah. As bad as what? <laughs> Say it. Say it. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, make it work, Joe. <laughs> make it work, Joe. <laughs> Okay. All right. What and, do you got this week, right. boys? So, uh, um, <clears throat> so this is kind of old news, but Brendan Fraser won uh, his Oscar, right? Yeah. That, first, that was First Oscar? I think so. Yeah, we're gonna say yes. I'm getting, I'm getting the nod. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he won his first Oscar. Uh, this was, I guess, like a week ago. But, uh, you know, I have, I have really fond memories of Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser because uh, I saw George of the Jungles in theater. George wow. of the Jungle in theater. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, for a friend's eighth birthday. <laughs> and you know, when you're a kid, it's like, man, this, this is a great yeah. movie. <clears throat> I saw uh, uh, the Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. In theaters as well. <laughs> I don't think I was old enough. Nice. But, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. early 2000s. Your mom and, you dropped know. you off. It was like, have fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It was like, it drops you off. Your mom just drops you off. And it's the early 2000s, so they don't check IDs or anything yeah. like that. Right. And there was something... I, I, I still like the Mummy movies because they were, like, kind of lighthearted. They kind of belong to a different era of light of like non-political movies mm-hmm. you know there wasn't really it's like dumb fun you know yeah, yeah exactly there yeah. you know it wasn't the message yeah as, uh, the critical mm-hmm. drinker says it yeah. was it was just this uh kind of campy movie uh about escaping zombie you know yeah. zombie mm-hmm. mummies um and i always so i was uh like brendan fraser but i didn't really notice that he kind of fell out you know yeah. it's like he had all these movies mm-hmm. in the 90s early 2000s and i think he had some more recently but None that ever really, I guess, caught people's attention. And he fell out of the spotlight, at least for me. And with his new movie, The Whale, he's come back, like, obviously big time to the point Mm -hmm. where he won an Oscar for it. But it made me kind of, you know, 
do some diving into his past and you know what what actually happened to him and you know it, it sounds like you know he had it pretty rough he mm. he uh he got a, a divorce which is sad yeah <laughs> and uh he was forced to pay i think it was fifty thousand dollars a month in al- in alimony oh really yeah and uh, who came up with that number <laughs> oh my gosh yeah well you know i guess it's the courts yeah, a percentage upon- of his yeah. income or something standard like of living, you know, right, yeah. right, yeah, right. Because right. they they had just um, sold a home for three million. It says yeah. in Beverly Hills, so mm-hmm. it was like, all right, you have some of that money, you have some money from your movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he had a number of surgeries because he did all of his own stunts. Oh wow! For all of his movies, so just yeah. his body was taking mm-hmm. a beating, and then I think on all on top of all this, he lost his mother. Okay, mm. so he just kind of yeah, that's tough. had a rough. Yeah, went, yeah, went like, down into, yeah. into depression and came back. But I think what was most interesting for me was watching him, watching how the, like the world, like really latched onto him in his comeback, mm. and how much they like had a soft spot for him, mm. and and loved seeing him because I, I think so many millennials remember him fondly, except yeah. from these mm-hmm. movies. And there's something about his demeanor. That there's, there's on one hand, there's people who kind of go down into darkness mm-hmm. and they come back in this like David Goggins kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Like no one cares about you. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Work hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, no yeah, one's right, coming to right. save you. And then there's another triumph that's almost meek. Mm-hmm. And like you can see it on his face. It's like this mm-hmm. is a man who has been broken, right. has gone down to like the depths of his yeah. like personal hell right. and has come back but is... Humble right. and grateful. Uh-huh. Like there, there's just a different look, right? And you can see it in, even in his face. Peterson's talked about this a few times when there's like people integrate their shadow, they become mm-hmm. hardened looking. Yeah. But for him, it's almost the opposite. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Like he he he, ha- he has this gentle look about him, um, and the understanding of what it means to to suffer. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's a personality thing or just like a level of uh, change that could happen within you. Um. Where on the one hand, you could like come out of it being like, well, I know the answer now because I went through like a dark period and here's how I got out. And you like write all these books or you come out being like, I don't I don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? You come out more humble and just being like, I'm still learning. Like, I don't know. And yeah. there's a kind of like a meek dene- a demeanor to that. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I wonder, have you seen The Whale? Uh, I So I watched large segments of it yeah you know, I, I, sarah I doesn't want to watch it, so. <laughs> um yeah yeah so I, I, like i'll sit down when she's not around or something i'm watching pieces <laughs> yeah. you know and when she walks back in you just close it just right <laughs> I, I wasn't watching anything i wasn't watching the whale what do you uh, what do you mean <laughs> um i saw the trailer um and it looked intriguing um and now just hearing you talk about um brendan fraser now um i might watch it because it, it seems like the trailer was um, paint, like painting this picture of a man who has something to give, but was not able to almost to give it to himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, it sounds like it might mimic maybe his personal life. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. That's, um, what he, that's what he said. He's like, he said, uh, the character's name is Charlie. And he said, I don't want to draw too close of a comparison between myself mm-hmm. and this character. But there is some there of, because uh, in the movie, his marriage falls apart. Um, mm. It's collapsed. Um, it seems like he's estranged from his daughter from the trailer. Right. right exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. estranged from his daughter. He lives kind of this very isolated life. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit of a story about redemption towards okay. the end. Interesting. Mm. Um, I might have to check it out. Um, yeah, it's a twenty-four. Yeah. By them. 
He's um I think he's a is he like a literature professor or like Yes, a, he is. Yeah. He, so he does yeah. online um Teaching. literature. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, it's um I I I thought a little bit about uh something that Jung talks about called this is a very technical term or very um I guess it, it, it can a term be multiple words or is it does it have to be just No, a term can be like state of being is a term. Right? Okay, okay. So I don't know why that one came up. <laughs> state of Does it being. have to be hyphenated? Um, yeah, right. Because it, it, it's not a phrase. Okay. But nah, it, now it, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be crazy term. This, this is a. Let me let me make sure I, I say it right here. It's the regressive restoration of the persona. Hmm. The regressive restoration. Of the, persona. of the persona. Okay, so let's unpack this. Oh. So let, let's, yeah, let's unpack this. So Ewing says that there, you know, all throughout life, there's these events that kind of come upon you out of nowhere and drag you down, or they they collapse everything around you, and it's almost as if the world is ending. It's like a mm-hmm. mini apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Like everything that you had built up is now falling out from underneath of you, mm-hmm. and you're plunged back into this chaos. Mm-hmm. And he says there's two ways out of this, essentially. Either you confront what happened and you come out of that a little bit, you know, maybe a little wounded, but it will heal in time. And maybe you're uh, a little bit more cautious about your future endeavors, mm-hmm. but overall you'll be okay. Like you're, you're not too yeah. discouraged. And the other is this regressive restoration of the persona, which is you become diminished. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as he says, perhaps formally, you wanted more than you could accomplish, but now you don't even dare to attempt what you could. Mm, right. You you now he says you know take the case of a businessman who takes an an adventure and, go, and goes bankrupt. Yeah. And he says right. now the the man just doesn't even want to even think about that right. anymore. He he would rather just take like a meager mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. below him. Right. Right. Yeah. Than try anything. Mm-hmm. And I think in the case of Brendan Fraser, he actually came out renewed. Like he kind of went through this. I think what we're witnessing, and that we don't often get, especially in Hollywood, is like this kind of resurrection, mm-hmm. almost idea, mm-hmm. this this rebirth. That he he everything around him seemed to have collapsed, but instead of regressing right. and hardening his persona, yep, um, he decided to create a new persona. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know the persona for Ewing isn't necessarily bad, right? You know everyone has a persona yeah. <laughs> in different yeah. personas. Mm-hmm. It's it's when it becomes too hardened, right, or too. Uh, you know, rigid that you use it, you know, the same persona for everything or you overly identify with it, that's bad. Um, right. So creating a new persona is a good thing. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser was able to do that. Yeah, and that's just interesting. I wonder, I'm thinking like images that are coming into my head are like Tower of Babel, where it's like if you were, if that was, if any part of your persona has like a Babel-esque nature to it where it's like too lofty or too rigid. Yeah. Um, that does have to regress in a in a way like then it, it needs to come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to break it apart, um, and then I guess it would just take discernment to know which parts are the rigid ones and what what which parts aren't. Right. And you have to find that balance. Like okay, maybe you were too uh, like focused on this particular business endeavor, uh, and it all fell apart, and now you're it's a ref- it's reflective on your personality. Mm-hmm. What parts of your personality are still worth keeping, yes. as opposed to just being like, "Well, this is all garbage." Right. Right. Yeah, right. that's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's what Jung says. Is part of this is, is discernment. Yeah. Right. To figure out right. 
It's okay. like make yourself again. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. It's just, just because you failed at this, you know, was we'll say Rendon Fraser. Just yeah. because your life fell apart, does that mean that you're bad at acting? Should you mm. give up acting? Right. It's like, right. No, that's something you should keep. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. You know, maybe you need to know your limitations. Yep. Um, maybe you need to come back because you know, for celebrities, their life is so public. So you know, everyone yeah, knows yeah. that he went through a divorce. Everyone knows that his, yeah. you know, he had right. to pay this. I mean, it's all on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just Google all this stuff. That instead of coming back in a, in a more like in your face triumph, mm-hmm. it was um, humble and grateful. You know, right. an, an interviewer told him about the renaissance uh-huh. <laughs> that we talked about a little yeah, yeah. before the uh-huh. podcast and she was like do you know what this is he's like the, the what he's like am i supposed to is it like the renaissance am i supposed to like look up at this yeah. like see paintings above uh-huh. me like what and they're like no no it's it's about your revival so you're, you're the painting yeah exactly it's like you're you're coming back you're yeah, the yeah. renaissance uh-huh. and he said i'm not really sure like that's true or i'm not really sure about that but um mm. but thank you yeah it's a compliment yeah right. and see that there was yeah, a moment it's like it's, you know, grateful for the right. situation yeah yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's true. You kind of have to figure out what is it, um, you know, as you said, well, like, what are the parts of you that can keep that daring? Yeah. You can still be daring, but maybe just a little bit more cautious right. this time around. Yeah. I wonder, too, if, like, <clears throat> that builds out to other things like conversion. You, know, you yeah. see a lot of people convert from, like, you know, maybe a left-leaning view of the world um, or liberal side of things, and then converting so to speak whether religiously or politically or whatever but then like lean the opposite direction like go far right Mm -hmm. and it's like you're kind of regressing because you're like anything that has any sense of this area is going to be out of me not part of me and so you just turn into like a full extreme in the other sense and in that case it would be like not discerning what's good and what's bad so it's like how do you destroy that without just the pendulum swinging to the other way yeah, I mean that's rough. That's a perennial question. Well, and and I was thinking about it more in um actually a an artistic sense, of like when you create something and you get feedback from it and you get criticism. Yeah. What part of the criticism do you take? What mm-hmm. part do you leave? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really difficult yep. balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah, I think it does take a level of um, of patience too, and like not just w- you can't just get one person's criticism mm-hmm. and then base it off of that. I think you need to get, like, if there's a collective voice <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's, like, um, talking about, like, you know, p- pointing out one thing right. um, in, a, like, let's say your song, mm-hmm. um, maybe there might be some substance to right. that criticism. Yep. Um, and then, you just, yeah, you look at it and keep refining. Um, but, but yeah, that's, maybe that's part of the um, artist um, spirit, too, is to actually know that balance. For sure. Um yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, creating, you, it, but it has also... to be it has to be a self-expression, right? So, like, my music is my own. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to look at people who've come before me, and look at their wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the whole point of like reading novels. You know, because you want to live other people's lives, so you can like test out the scenario. So yeah. you're like looking to other pieces of music, other people's critiques as points of reference. Yeah. Um, but then it always does have to come back to like, well, all right, now I have to self-express again. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that the same thing applies to just like living your own life. It's like, you're going to, how do you discern? It's like a, a discernment question. It's like, mm-hmm. you have to look at where the wisdom lies outside of you. Yeah. But ultimately you still have to make your own decision. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, especially as it relates to the artists, like what, um, what a crowd might think now 
might they might think very differently in the future. Yeah, for um, sure. That that's been happening re- happening recently with um, well, a couple of uh, uh, things. I think um, Star Wars prequels have been getting a lot more love now than they did <laughs> than they did like no, you know, yeah, no, that's fifteen true. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially I, after the sequels. Well, I think that was yeah, yeah a big no. part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, what was that um that fantasy um book, um Aragon. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And um, that, all, yeah, Christopher Paolini, I think it was mm-hmm. his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a lot of flack in the beginning. It was very popular, mm. but um, uh, he got a lot of flack for just being a kid that came from rich parents who published his right. book because he couldn't get it published. Right. Um, he was like seventeen years old, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe younger. I don't know. When he uh, published the books. Um, people were saying it was just a Star Wars ripoff or a mm. Lord of the Rings right. ripoff. Um, but now people are actually looking back on it more fondly and saying, like, this is actually pretty good. Um, that's interesting. I-, I wonder if that's also because of, like, the influx of new media, like, you know, like the sequels and, yeah, like, right. the Disneyfication. Right, not right. That, like, Disney's in yeah, novels, yeah. but, mm-hmm. like, messaging and, you know, yeah. woke stuff. Like, people look on that stuff more fondly when right. it's free of that. Maybe. Right. But anyway, th- the point is, is that um, there, there could be a time when they're, the critics or the the voice, the collective voice, uh-huh. is like skewed. Yeah, it's steering the artist in a wrong mm-hmm. direction. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's complicated to what to listen to. So, yeah, it's so many things to to uh, balance at once. Yeah, I I don't think that it it's like an average. You're supposed no, to just add not. them all up yeah. and no, divide right. by two. Or, I mean, we can draw like broad strokes and say like uh, you know the artist who does not listen to any critiques that's that's not right. And the artist that keeps, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, uh, changing his work right. into infinity is also yeah. not right, right either. Right. You know, so those are the right. broad. And the same yeah. applies to barriers. discernment. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if you go through a period in your life, do you critique yourself all the way to oblivion, yeah. or do you not listen to anything and just do your own thing? So <clears> obviously, yeah. it has to be somewhere yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the the formation of the persona for Jung is a compromise between the collective and in the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were just collective then you're nothing right you're not an individual you're just you said the will of the mob it's yeah mm-hmm. you know you're changing with the times constantly mm-hmm. but then if you're only individual then you're kind of eccentric right. and and, we, yeah. and weird right. unintegrated right. yeah exactly because you do have to you can't live purely an individualistic lifestyle yeah and like no one really does yeah like there are collective elements so there's has to be some sort of like you said like personal like maybe you know you have a collective opinion mm-hmm. and then you kind of match it with your personal and see right like you said where is the tr- yeah. where, where's where's this good where's this mm-hmm. true where's it not where's it off um you, you the artist isn't just one yeah right it's an integration yeah. of the two you see that too exactly. with people who like on the one hand just want to go full marxist like collective thought and like it's the people that matter and not individuals mm-hmm. and then on the other side you have people that just like want to live off the grid and never talk to anybody and just live this kind of yeah. hyper-Americanized, individualistic life. But yeah. it's like, you need both. You need community, but in smaller senses, and it kind of then stacks up. So yeah. everything's a principle of subsidiarity. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. I think I read something in Dune recently. There were, uh, Stilgard um, was talking to uh, Jessica, mm. Lady Jessica, and was saying how uh, if if the leader isn't, among the individuals, if there aren't individuals, it just becomes a mob, right? Mm. You know, if if yep. uh, if individuality is lost, mm-hmm. uh, but then I guess there's 
the flip side that if it's just individuals and there's yeah, everybody's there's no a leader, group, right? Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. There was a there was a saying going around like early when things were just like really politically heated. I mean, they still are now, but like when it was like 2019, 2021, that like period was like right. <laughs> um, yeah. people on the right <clears throat> would say things like uh, lions, not sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta be a fighter. You can't be a follower. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, well, then who's going to, what are the leaders, who do the leaders lead if yep. there's no followers? Yeah. Like, you can't all do that. Like, you know, there right. has to be, a, you have to be a sheep to something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, eventually. Right. Um, right. That right. doesn't, that's not a degrading thing. It's like a, yeah. just a nature of hierarchy and existence and right. community and you got to follow something. Right. And, and, and people do. They may not, be, yeah, they may right. not know, but they're, almost everyone has some sort of guiding principle even right. if you are the leader right it's it's not like you are the right the leader like who it's told like, you to do that it's like david goggins it's like <laughs> you're a sheep to david goggins. yeah you're right right and it stacks all the way up to god yeah, yeah. It comes all the way back yeah. to god uh-huh. <laughs> as, exactly. yeah as the ultimate leader yeah that's that's really true the the nature of of yeah following and leading and authority and freedom and rights and such really that was really uh at the forefront during covid because yeah. you know now you can kind of look back at the catalog of videos of, you know, forget your freedom. Yeah, like, this yeah. is about the good mm-hmm. of the order. So there was this yeah, yeah. kind of conflict of, go to okay. the collective and the, against the individual. Right, yeah. right. There was a big, like, okay, well, I don't want to be vaccinated. And then there mm-hmm. was, no, you should be vaccinated or I, no, no masking, masking. It was right. mm-hmm. individual rights versus collective. And it was, yeah. And then in a country of, you know, 330 plus million people, there's too many decisions to be made by like 12 Oh right, leaders. Yeah, you know, so it's yeah. it's like that Thomas Sowell thing where he's like, it's not about what is right; it's about who decides. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to let those people decide for themselves within their group, et cetera, et cetera. What's the best move for them? And that's yeah. Again, like that that you know where this started is like that that goes to discernment. Mm-hmm. That goes to you know like, will the church give me a law as to what my vocation is? It's like, that's not how that works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it has to be you and your individual choice, but not isolated from a group of your, you know, the next circle around you of people who are listening uh, to what you want and critiquing you. Yep. And then you make a discernment based off of that. And it kind of all stacks up into a life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. And learning from the, the wisdom of the past, I said, is part of that. Right. Is like an interesting element of your, your the individual the collective right which I, I don't know if wisdom almost is like the third a third category because it like mm. it's kind of mm. collective yeah but would, it yeah. but it, but it's um it's not like the present collective mm. yeah, if that makes sense it's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's like individual collective and then tradition maybe I don't uh-huh. know. yeah that's interesting but that's that's i'm just i'm just there's, spitballing <laughs> it out. well there's a, there's a sense <laughs> of um there's a sense of it, what came to mind immediately? I don't know why this came to mind. I'm going to par- try and parse it out. Um, this this idea of rescuing your father from the underworld, um, and, and I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not think it was going there, but that's that's fine. <laughs> Random motif. Well, um, especially um, in the images of Christ, um, uh, uh, you know, going to um, going down into hell, descending mm-hmm. into hell, and pulling up his forefathers, right? Um. The way I've understood that image and how it relates to um, rescuing your father from the mm-hmm. underworld and also what to what you're talking about now um, is how Christ is that perfect embodiment of 
looking back at what was good, rescuing his fathers, you know, like that's kind right. of symbolized and mm-hmm. in, in taking up the tradition, um, all, but also moving beyond them as well, mm-hmm. uh, doing what his earthly fathers could not do, mm-hmm. right? And so in a sense, like he's um, redeeming, he's, he's discerning what was good about his tradition. Yeah. Um, and then he moves forward by doing his heavenly father's will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a sense of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just like parsing out like this was yep. good, this was bad, yep. you know, uh, and then moving forward in that. And then that's how he was able to rescue his yeah. Yeah. father. I think Jung talks about that when he talks about alchemy, like salve et coagula. He mm-hmm. uses that as a reference of like dissolve and integrate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You kind of distill everything from your fathers that is good and worth keeping. And then you integrate that into your new persona. Yeah. Right. And then you... Right, build yourself. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. the uh, the tricky character of the prophet, mm. and you, you see that, um, I guess, recently in like you know Saint John's Gospel. It's like, oh, he you know, he said he's going to destroy the temple. Like he's healing people on the Sabbath. Um, he's going against the law. Right, right. But the prophet is someone who, on one hand, calls people back to fidelity, mm-hmm. but on the other, kind of pushes the boundaries. Mm. Right. of the law. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, Christ says, oh, you know, um, you've heard that it's said, you know, that it is wrong to kill, mm-hmm. your, you know, your brother. But mm-hmm. I say to you, if you, you know, basically harbor anger, right. you've already killed him. Right. But he's not saying like, oh, murder is no longer a thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's only hate. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's saying, no, no, it is, but I'm pushing the boundaries. And right. you kind of see this with the, the Pharisees, their law and order. Mm-hmm. And then you have the spirit with Christ and they're kind of butting heads. Right, yeah. right. Because he's trying to push them to, um, like you said, to retain what's right. good about the law, uh-huh. but move it forward a bit into something yeah. that's higher. And so yeah, exactly. in, in the sense of this whole Brendan Fraser topic of like, if you were, if you didn't know how to discern that struggle properly, you would think that Jesus is trying to abolish the law. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, well, so let's just completely regress and have no laws because, you know, just kind of be and make sure you're a good person yeah. and like forget what the Pharisees say. And that's right. not what's happening. No, yeah. Yeah. no. Well, and that's a that's an, a modern interpretation sometimes of Christianity is yeah. it, of like well no no like freedom from the law freedom mm-hmm. from the law like uh, there's there's like no more law right it's like well he, he did also say I have come not to abolish the law <laughs> yeah. right I was <laughs> right. just thinking yeah. about that. no but to fulfill it. you're right yeah. but to fulfill it and the way of fulfilling is here are the things that are good like yeah. you said mm-hmm. but then here are the things that I'm going to right increase it to a higher right. level well and and Saint Paul talks about like how when you're free from the law, the, the, the new law is Christ. And, and the way you can sum that up is um, the law of love. Right. You know, and it yeah. sounds like a little bit cliche, mm-hmm. but the idea is that you're, you're so perfected in love through your union with Christ that you don't even need the commandments because you already obey them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's the, um, the... I've said this before about, you know, St. John of the Cross, you know, at the top of Mount Carmel is... There is no for the for the just man. There is no law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. he has become a law exactly. unto himself. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's not that he's not like disobeying those commandments or whatever, but it's just so well integrated that he doesn't have to rotely follow. Yeah. Um, right. You know standards. Yep. Um, so, so in all this being said, is that does that like is those Brendan Fraser a Christ figure? <laughs> I think so. Is that what we're yeah. getting at? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Is that the name of this podcast episode? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's actually where I was trying to get the conversation. The ultimate though. Christ I, figure. I was, you know, like I said, I you know I did say rebirth and resurrection. Imagery, well, yeah, you know, yeah, so, I, saw that. I, mean, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I see that. Yeah, that's funny. Um, oh, so at the, I did, I did watch the end of the whale, because um, it seemed like that was a very uh, 
important scene. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler alert. Free Willy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they just it, threw him back in the beach. Although, the whale is, is actually kind of... It's also symbolic. You know, he, like, mm. he's in the belly of the whale. Yeah, in a yeah. Because like, right. he's also... He, oh. he's, although leftists um, apparently like went after him yeah. for this, mm-hmm. that he... They didn't actually, because his character Charlie. Is, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Is, is supposed to be both gay mm-hmm. and obviously very overweight, mm-hmm. and so um, I guess some people on the left were upset that they didn't cast somebody who was right. both, both of those both of those right. things. But it, it it's perhaps symbolically interesting that he put on that suit though. Yeah, like he kind of like went into this mm-hmm. larger than life, you know, right. uh, movie, and he also went into this this body suit um, that was also called. You know the movie called The Whale. It's yeah, like he's yeah. going into this thing, mm-hmm. and at the end of the 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 movie, again, spoiler alert. It's you know heavily heavily implied that he dies mm-hmm. while having a conversation with his daughter. But he he gets up from the couch. You know he's been kind of uh, wheelchair bound yeah. for a, a long time, but he he's starting to move and he's moving towards her mm. and or walking towards her, and he takes a step and then. The next step, it kind of zooms into his feet. He takes a step, and then the next step, it zooms into his feet. But it's his feet, skinny now. Like mm. you can tell, like it's it's a, like mm-hmm. a former self stepping into the 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 waves of an ocean. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. there's like this little mm-hmm. bit of like kind of rebirth mm-hmm. moment. Yep. Um. Or you know, maybe overcoming primordial chaos, whatever right. you want to call it. Uh-huh. And it's interesting that he's going towards. His daughter, who's standing in a doorway behind her, is is the sun. The lights coming through behind her onto him, mm-hmm. um, and you know the, his last moments are this like beach imagery. Yeah, mm. it's stepping into the water. Wow, interesting. So, I just thought of um, that's how uh, Tree of Life ends. I don't know if you remember that. Um, actually, I, I never saw it. Oh, but worth, I hear I hear a lot about it. It's worth. It was well, very <laughs> from divisive. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very divisive. A lot of people don't like it because it's like yeah. heavily symbolic. Yeah, he- like to yeah. the point where it's like like the, nonlinear. The, yeah, it's, it's it's you might. I think you would like it. I, um, I, from what I've heard, I'd be willing to watch it. Yeah, it's shot. it's one of my favorite movies, but it's like exactly you can't walk mm-hmm. in expecting star wars this yeah, is like yeah. you know it's almost like a, a, a almost, experience yeah it's exp- yeah. like a meditative experience oh interesting um, but anyway the one of the last scenes um is all the characters um and it spans um well yeah it's a cosmic movie in a sense but um it spans future and present moments and past moments and like all the characters from past present future are on a beach and it's just mm. water and it's like this church music that's playing but like this imagery of like rebirth, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, that's interesting. Random connection. I'm sorry that I just. <laughs> well, no, it was it, it was it was still there. You know, the ending of a movie, yeah, yeah. people yeah. walking into yeah. water. Yeah, you that's know, yeah. Water. I know that um, for me, like writing and producing my own music is somewhat therapeutic because it's like an artistic expression, mm-hmm. and so I have that like urge. But I do wonder if like for actors who feel so close to a story, if that's like just as therapeutic for him oh, to sure. like put on yeah. the suit and go through that. Like if it's truly like artistic and he's like doing that, that's gotta be very therapeutic for him. Well, too. and like, yeah. um, uh, Shia LaBeouf with, uh, Padre Pio. Yeah. Like right, it actually right, led right. to his conversion. Yeah. Like yeah. someone actors put on mm-hmm. this person. Yeah. There, like if you're disposed yeah. to like experience that in that way, yeah. I'm sure that could be a huge. Yeah. It, yeah. He said in an interview, Brendan Fraser, that, um, this was not a role he either would have done or could have done if he was younger. 
Interesting. And he was saying that it was the surgeries of his past and in and and, and knowing what it was like to be kind of physically hurt mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, it's hard to move sometimes. Mm-hmm. He said that that role actually, uh, you know, that life experience actually helped him in, in this role. Yeah. So like you said, it, it was in this therapeutic sense of yeah. um, going through a past in which he at one point maybe was alive and well yeah. and then hurt. Mm-hmm. And and um, I don't know, I wouldn't say he was maybe recovering. He was yeah. disabled. Sure. Um, That's super but. interesting. I, I feel that on a personal level because I've been, I've been kind of um, ruminating over the idea of an album for a, a couple of years now, but it's been circulating around a thought of like, what, what does it mean to be a man? And then how am I going to tell those stories? Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of me couldn't answer that question years back. Cause I didn't know like sure. experientially, yeah. like right. I could tell you on paper, like, well, here's what the church says. And here's like, you know, how to be a good person. And here's what, you know, whatever Jordan Peterson said, like, I could just tell you, but I didn't like know what it's like to be broken <laughs> and then become a man, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. So there's that experiential knowledge that I feel like is now going to be a, a catalyst to being able to articulate this in the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's super interesting. That's, um, well, Matt Walsh has his "What is a woman?" So you'll have your album. What is a man? Yes, exactly. So <laughs> oh my! The gosh. two mats, you know, the two. <laughs> man, I no. feel like a man. man I... <laughs> the album. <laughs> I feel like a man. Oh uh, my gosh! No, that's good. Um, I had um, an interesting conversation earlier this week with a writing friend. Um, I, I'm writing a um, fantasy book right now, and it's been. What nearly a decade over about mm-hmm. a decade um, since I've thought about it and have been working on it, um, and I'm getting ready to start pitching it again to um, publishers mm-hmm. and agents. Um, I just finished my latest draft, um, and I was just like g- talking to him about the um, the the details about publishing and um, yep. pitching and mm-hmm. waiting and rejections. And like I think he heard in my voice that I was getting a little discouraged because this I, I I went through this is going to be my third round of pitching mm-hmm. again, um, yeah. and this is my seventh draft, and so I was like yeah you know just getting you know researching agents who would potentially right. I'd like to work with and blah blah blah, and he's like well let me ask you this he's like have you noticed that your like homilies or preaching has been affected by your writing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, some comments I get from people saying like, oh, Father, I can tell you like literature or yeah, you yeah. like writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, take that as a little bit of encouragement yeah, um, for sure. in your writing. And that it's not, it's, it's you know, he's like, not that you're not going to get it published. Yeah. But like those are little breadcrumbs along the way. Right. Um, to your right. goal of getting it published. Yep. Um, and I thought about that and I was like, it's true. Like if you, if you submit yourself to a, discipline mm-hmm. and you're patient with it um regardless of what happens yeah with that whether it's music mm-hmm. writing painting uh it can actually chisel your character and chisel sure. chisel your yeah. the way that you do other areas yeah. in your life especially um, as an artist who has to like self-express that way yeah yeah Clavin's always said like if you feel like you have to write but don't want to you're not a writer. Yeah. You know, like right. it's like, there's a part of me that even if nobody heard my music, I have to write music. Yeah. Um, and so it, it is for the formation of your character because that's like the nature of yourself. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to exercise that and then 
obviously if you do the art well, it means that you're researching other literature, you're reading, yeah. you're you know, you're on your toes with perfecting the craft and hopefully that makes you a better person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I and I've noticed that just in my writing that um I feel better when I'm writing. Um yeah. you know, I uh, yeah, it does force me to look at literature differently. Mm-hmm. Um even reading scripture and like preparing right. for daily mass homilies. Mm-hmm. Um I read it in like this narrative way. Right. It helps me see it differently than maybe if I wasn't writing, right. you know? Um, so yeah, that was an interesting, just this past week, an interesting conversation mm-hmm. I had just looking at my writing, um, you know, and, and not that like, I'm going to put less effort into getting it published, Sure, but yeah. in going into this round of pitching again, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not, the end goal is not just to get it published. Yeah. Um, right. It's always been about a healthy hobby in yeah. a sense, you mm-hmm. know, that that's been good for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's good. But the greatest, what is the greatest virtue? This is what um, Dr. Joshua Wren, who used to teach at Belmont Abbey, um, he has a book um, called How to How to Read and Write Like a Catholic. Mm-hmm. I think that's the title. I'm paraphrasing that. But anyway, he has a chapter in there um, talking about the greatest virtue of an art, uh, of a writer, a novelist specifically. He said it is patience. Mm. Um, it's patience. <laughs> so, um, one too many people, I think, give up on their art if it's like going back to what we were saying earlier. If they get rejected, right? Um, yep. Th- th- I think an instinct is like, well, I thought that everyone was gonna love this. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, people don't. I'm gonna do a new thing right. instead of sticking right. with it, right? And changing course. Um, but that and patience. if you get burned by that, then you go into a regressive restoration of the persona. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah, exactly. And be like, nah, art's not for me because, you know, whatever. Yeah, Like, exactly. it didn't work the first time. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. learning a lot here. So, yeah. It's <laughs> also, I mean, I, I see the parallels, too, with just, like, the art of living as, um, who is it, Diedrich von Hildebrand's book? Yeah. Um, of just, like, failing in general. You know, like raising kids, whatever. Like, if, if you get burned by it, if it's, like, yeah. the patience you need to watch a child grow through their young life yeah. and like l- develop habits like how easy is it to just like they don't listen right mm-hmm. you know and just have that regressive right exactly. nature of your parenting that's yeah. like they they do whatever they want whatever not putting that time that patience yeah. to like practice the art it's a craft yeah exactly exactly yeah um somebody asked uh brendan fraser like what is the like greatest thing that you've learned so far what's a piece of advice for for people and he said have courage you're going to need it. Mm. And I think this is true for everything. Like you said, like j- yeah. just your example of raising mm. children. It's like, you need courage. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, you're going to be disappointed. Right. No, whatever you do, mm-hmm. chances are, even if you're excellent at it, something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, there's sure. there's going to be setbacks in, in every every course. You, when Jung was talking about uh, this uh, regressive restoration of the persona, he said, he even admits, he's like, this sounds pretty daunting <laughs> and it sounds very technical. He said, but this isn't something that just happens in therapy. Right. This is something that happens everywhere mm-hmm. in all situations of life. Right, yeah. right. And you need courage to face those. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Getting, whatever, getting married, mm-hmm. becoming a priest, you know, parish life, yeah. family yeah. life. Yep. You need it. You just yeah. need courage. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you'll get dismayed and want to become nothing. Yeah. Mm. You'll become a whale. You'll get swallowed up by the well. Swallowed up by the well. Let's jump to the members only. Um, I got some stuff I want to talk about from a Joe Rogan and Shane Gillis episode. Um, you guys can sign up at 
basicallyrelated.com uh, for our bonus weekly episodes. We'll see you next week.